Stay still, Lily. Let me clean this gut. There's so many. Do they all have a system of planets? Most of them. Has anyone been to them all? <laughs> Not likely. I want to be the first one to see them all. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another relaxing episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode. This is episode number three fifteen. Scenes and dreams. I'm as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Anakin Skywalker and Ray. To my Luke Skywalker, we have Carla Claire and Katie Horn. I'm calling Ray. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm probably the more dark side one, anyway. Right. <laughs> I'm in the back, you know, you guys are like, oh, your eyes turned yellow. Katie, you feeling all right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's feeling perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm also more Anakin because I want to dream about Padme. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nuts. Yeah, I still want to dream about Padme, too. I feel like Ray wants to dream about Padme. She oh, doesn't everyone wants to dream about Padme. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Happy you know, New Year, gu- Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year. New Year. <laughs> New Year, same podcast. <laughs> Love it. Nowhere I'd rather be, honestly. <laughs> um, so, wow, it feels like a while since we've recorded. I mean, we only took a week off, but it feels like forever. Oh, this last week lasted at least four months. That's how it feels. Yeah. Christmas week always, always, always feels like it's such a, a long couple of days, especially when you travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But <sighs> did you get- it was so good. Uh, Christmas was great around my place, um, and but now I'm, I'm super glad we're back and doing the Wampus Lair again in 2019. Ooh, there was something cool that happened uh, for me over break. <laughs> it's such a small thing, but I'm going to brag about it anyway. So you know that Jar Jar Pez dispenser that yes. I got? I was tweeting all about it, like yeah. just going nuts for Christmas. I yes. got this... <laughs> like classic 1999 Jar Jar Pez dispenser. And I posted a video of it and just me laughing in the background while I play with it. Um, Ahmed Best saw it and he liked the tweet. That's amazing. Thank, thank you, Ahmed Best. That's awesome. <laughs> I love him. Uh, yeah, he's become very, very active mm-hmm. in the Twitter world. I love it. Yeah. 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 And he's getting so much love, which it's mm-hmm. finally, it's like retribution for all the crap he got. Exactly. Well, you know what happened is that all of us who were kids and loved Jar Jar Binks, you know, we're, we grow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My God, if he if he comes to celebration for the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, I will spend all the money to oh, do all right. the things to get from at best. <laughs> oh you know, right. I hope I, he's I, there. I really hope he's there. Too, I'd yeah. love it if Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor came. I feel like Ewan would be more likely for sure than than um, Liam. I think Liam Neeson would be really tough. I think but. Liam. I don't. Would he understand what what this is? <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's what's going on? I don't know what this is. 
<laughs> but I do have a particular set of skills. No, yeah. Liam, it's not one of those. No, Liam. <laughs> no, Liam, no. No, no, no. We're, we're all here because we love you, Liam. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly, right? Oh, uh, what if and Natalie Portman comes? Natalie Portman. Natalie. I have this theory. I think Natalie Portman should come, but she should pretend to be Kira Knightley, and Kira Knightley should come and pretend to be Natalie Portman. Uh, and then Panaka can just come, and yes! we can get our picture with him and just go, red, red, blue, 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 bad body away. Oh, my gosh. I want, I want you know, you guys to, like, walk up with me with Liam Neeson and be all like, uh, she wants your autograph and then he'll be like, uh, no more no more commands from Hermione today and you'll be like, the queen wishes it. <laughs> she really wants the autograph. <laughs> it's not a good idea. But give me a picture. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, God. Do you guys get any I- cool Star Wars swag over Christmas? I know you uh, did, Jason. I, yeah, I did. I shared it on our, our Facebook and such. Um, I got this really awesome, like, 3D effect R2-D2 lamp. Um, it's like an LED lamp, and it's sitting um, right by my bed, so uh, I can turn it on. Uh, it doesn't. It's <laughs> more of just a light, and so it doesn't, like, offer the, like, light to read by or anything. But it's really <laughs> awesome, especially at night when you're looking at it, because it does kind of look like a hologram uh, sitting That's there. That's cool. So, and it changes colors. Um, so there's all sorts of different colors. I, my favorite right now is, like, the yellow, for whatever reason. The yellow is, looks really cool. But uh, if I turn him blue, then he <laughs> does, like, a hologram. Oh, this time R2 is the hologram. I love right? it. That's so good. <laughs> That is really cool. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, like your video was great that you shared. I know yeah. you're pretty ecstatic. About that was that. really cool. So I got a life size torture rack. It's awesome. Whoa! No, I totally <laughs> believe it. It was 3D printed. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> now you just gotta you get... sleep there now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, bed. I don't get too many Star Wars presents anymore from family because I think they're all just like we are gonna understand that you'll probably just buy anything you want. <laughs> Yeah. So I did. I did ask my mom for a hard copy of Last Jedi because I. I just. I've only been doing digital re- releases, but I did do. I mean, I did buy Solo and Force Awakens, so I guess it's just Rogue One. I didn't. Um, but I actually kind of like having them on the Blu-ray because s- streaming annoys me when your connection's even a little bit slow because the picture gets so grainy. So I actually prefer just throwing in the Blu-ray. Yeah. So I got that, but I did use. Um, some some Christmas finances to do a subscription service to Rancho Obi Wan, which I'm very <gasps> excited to support. Um, and because uh, obviously, if 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 you've been on the show for a little while, you know that obviously Jason and I went out there over the summer. We also got to meet up with you, Katie, um, yeah. and and our really really generous friend Scott Reifen, um bought me a membership for this past year so that we could go, which was so so kind of him. And Scott is a huge supporter, even though he's never been. Um, and obviously they sent me an email if you want to renew your subscription, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I want to, even if I don't go every year, I want to support them. It's $45 for the year. Like that's not a huge amount of money and you get to help preserve like a huge part of star Wars history. Um, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in supporting Rancho Obi-Wan, certainly let us know in an email or something, because I can send you the information. 
Um, and also, I'd love to become a recruiter, so I have to get people to sign up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's an ulterior motive here, but at least I'm honest about it. So, right. exactly. <laughs> but regardless of that, I think it'd be awesome if people want to want to join Rancho. And the three of us are going to go this summer, and I'm ecstatic. Yes. So oh, that's, yes, that's so cool. that is the plan. It's going to be legit. So. Um, yeah, and apparently, um, so you guys might be a little annoyed the fact that you won't be able to do this with me at Celebration. As a member of Rancho, you get to skip the line to the Rancho exhibit at Celebration. <gasps> so I'll be like, "See you guys on the what? other side." Oh well, <laughs> just, I mean, do, do we get to come in as your guests? I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But the Queen wishes it. <laughs> She has to get in the front of the line. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jason, remember um, all the random like episode one stuff that was in the bathroom in Rancho? Oh man! My gosh, and not like, not like it because it was like being belittled there. It was just he's got limited space. So I remember yeah. go, he look, you look in the bathroom and there's just tons of and I just particularly remember. Oh my god, sorry, Embo just creeped me out. He came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, god. So cat like that, that that's Carl's cat for yes. those who don't know. <laughs> um but uh remember the uh the jar jar like lollipop he sticks out his tongue yes. and suck the tongue. Yes. He had a bunch of those in there. And I was just like, this is an odd this is an odd play for the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is an unexpected move for her. It's too aggressive. <laughs> Lord Maul. <laughs> let, let Jar Jar make the first move. Um, you know, since 2019 is the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace, should we just do every episode dedicated to Phantom Menace for the year? 100%, yes. Uh, I'm mean, on board. Yes. We, we kind of slip in the Phantom Menace everywhere anyways, so I'm not sure that's how true. that's different. I don't know but... how to stop. <laughs> that's a good point, um, Jason. Yeah. I, I, one other thing I do want to bring up that happened over Christmas um, that was Star Wars related is uh, Kyle uh, Baca came back in town for the holidays to spend time with his family. So, of course, they had a big shindig at his house. Uh, one of the things that he got, though, was the Star Wars Jedi Challenges augmented reality game. Ooh. Um, cool. And so I got to try that out. Was it cool? That's a lot of fun. Yeah. My gosh, it's really cool. So I was like fighting battle droids and stormtroopers and dueling Darth Maul and Seventh Sister, and then the Grand Inquisitor beat me by just that much. So that's amazing. Were you fighting battle droids and all of a sudden droidicas rolled up and they're like, "There's no match for droidicas." (laughs) Well, uh, there was uh, a level where the droidica rolled up, but I slashed him before he opened up all the way. So smart move. Yes. do you have to fight Darth Maul, or can you, you know, settle this peacefully with your <laughs> well, hands tenderly? <laughs> I do think there is a dark side version that's coming out. Ooh, <laughs> I love think, it! I think that's what I was told. So, <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I was told that there's a dark side version coming out. So, well, you know, there's an even greater risk if he escapes and returns with another. He will return with another droid army. That's true. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So we are we're ten over ten minutes into the episode. We haven't even told you what we're doing yet. So hold on, let's do that real quick. Um, yes. We promised all of you, and and we are going to do this next week. Is we we asked you the Larians to let us know what you wanted us to do for our top next top five moments from a, any Star Wars movie, and you all voted with lots of responses, which was a lot of fun. But we decided to wait until next week to do it, just because we wanted to do kind of a 
kind of start of the year, New Year's type little episode. So what we're going to be looking at in the episode today is um, just those moments in Star Wars where we see characters dreaming for something bigger. Talking about those moments, like, for instance, the one that started the episode with with Anakin and Qui-Gon. So we'll be talking about little moments like that and, um, yeah, having some fun fun with that idea. Plus, we're going to have a, we have a fun little thing to, to kick off the show. But before we do, um, Katie took the time to... to re- to put together all of the poll results from what folks said, um, do you want to do you want to give everything that was voted on, or do you just want to give us where where what our dilemma is right now? Um, well, I could give everything because yeah. uh, every uh, every Star Wars movie got at least one vote, um, and then <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah, th- which is really great. That means that across the board, every Star Wars movie has a little bit of love and someone pulling for it. Well, I know my um, friend Greg voted for Battle for Ender, so. Yeah, Battle for Endor. Yeah, <laughs> so thank you, Greg. There's a couple of yeah, like Caravan of Courage in there and yeah. Holiday Special. Even though we said we weren't gonna, we said yeah. we weren't gonna. No way in hell I'm no. ever doing the Holiday Special. Sorry, <laughs> there, there ain't no way I'm watching that again. Oh, well. Well, I mean, tired. Not anytime Larian, soon, anyways. The Larians are hopeful. That's yeah. uh, that's what, <laughs> they're like. I'm gonna vote for it anyway. They're like the Queen <laughs> wishes it. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> that's gonna be the new theme for oh, 2019 yeah. the queen exactly. which is it <laughs> she's curious she about w- the fill in the blank she's <laughs> <laughs> curious about the holiday special yeah. <laughs> well i'm not <laughs> this is not a good idea space what is dangerous this is not going to be pleasant <laughs> oh but yes, our current dilemma is that we have a three-way tie. So at the top of the poll, uh, we have The Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One. Those all tied for first place. So I figure we'll just break the tie between the three of us, yeah. you think? Okay. All right. Okay. We're going to have to do that. Jason, cast okay. a vote. Oh, and I can't feel oh, one of no confidence. I think I think I can vote if Jason, if you're still waffling. I'm still waffling. Go okay. ahead and, and do I, your you vote. Know, as much as it breaks my heart, because I love me some prequel era, <laughs> I really do. I'm gonna vote for The Empire Strikes Back because I never show that movie any love ever. I only really watch it if I'm watching all the Star Wars movies, and then mm. you know, not you can't skip one. Yeah. That's just not how it's done. That's unacceptable. But if I if I reach for a Star Wars movie, it's never The Empire Strikes Back, and I feel so bad. I need to give it a big old hug. I'm gonna start this <laughs> year right. I'm, you know. Mend some fences. Right. Uh, oh, well, I'll man. make sure that there's no more ties then. We're doing Empire. Well, yeah, <laughs> if Carl's voting for Empire, then my vote doesn't count. No. <laughs> Who would you have voted for? I want to know. I want to know. Oh, I, I, I'm still waffling between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One, to be perfectly honest. Oh. I was probably going to pick Revenge of the Sith, though, because I'm pretty sure we did a Rogue One uh, top five after it came out. Um, mm. Although that has been two, two years. years so... Yeah. But to be um, fair, I definitely want to come back and do both of those. Especially yeah. I I will I won't lie, I was kind of hoping Revenge of the Sith would win just cuz I felt like that'd be really fun. But yeah, me too. the fact that Empire's tied to we've never done a top 5 Empire and the torture scene doesn't get talked about enough. What? <laughs> There's a reason for that, Carl. They had me howling on the scan grid, Jason. They Wait, never asked I have me a, any questions. Yeah, I was going to say, I, did they did they ask you any questions? Did No. 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 Not at all. They're just using. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, I think I, I think we've 
probably determined that uh, these are going to be our top, our, our first three top fives of the year. You know, mm-hmm. um, because if everybody, if if the Larians yeah. wanted all three of these, yeah, I think um, we need to do they it. They tied it. We got to do all of them. Yep. But <laughs> we're going to start with Empire, and then we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. So. Perfect. Now, Love it. before we get into talking a little bit about these moments where characters are dreaming. Uh, we we started having this discussion yesterday, just the three of us. Uh, we were just texting back and forth about how we could do midnight moments, right? So, like <laughs> last night, I did the classic thing of with my friends that came over. We we did a new hope and then timed it so the Death Star exploded at midnight, um, which is the you know I think that's the the most traditional version. And last year, I had a group of friends over and we I, I wanted to be different, so we did Return of the Jedi with the Death Star two exploding at midnight. But what are some other moments? We were so we started throwing out <laughs> ideas about different movies. Now, Katie, you did something very Katie-like yesterday. For, oh, I sure did. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I shall say no more, but I'll leave it to you. Yeah, I posted this on Twitter. So if anybody wants to see a video of it, yeah, go ahead and check out my Twitter at Poet Damron. But um, at midnight, I had the Phantom Menace perfectly timed so that at midnight, the hangar bay doors on Naboo would open up, revealing Darth Maul and, of course, (laughs) blaring Jewel of the Fate. So midnight hit on the clock perfectly and like and it starts going dun 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 <laughs> we'll handle this we'll go the long way <laughs> oh it's perfect it's amazing that is incredible uh, so, well I, I hope you start a trend katie oh, i hope so too oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah sam whitwer needs to know about that and ray park i feel like they'd be on board Gosh. Tag them. Oh, should, yeah. I try not to tag them on Twitter, though, because they don't need to see my Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of nightmares, like, oh, no. <laughs> they don't need to see that. <laughs> uh, I do think they need to see this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so may, may, maybe you should, uh, should let them know um, that, you, yeah. that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. So I, for me, and I didn't do I was I was going to have both of these things playing, but I felt – rude like having two things going at the same time well i had friends over but i really wanted to do it with solo and time it so that chewy puts his hand on han's shoulder right at midnight oh. so after Kira, after han's watching kira leave and then you see chewy's hand come and rest on him i want that so for next year for sure i'm going to do midnight chewy chewy claiming han as his best friend you know so. why that's perfect you know why because you're saying goodbye to the old year yes. and the new year comes in oh, Katie, just- you're so right Yeah, wraps its arms around you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's why that's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Maybe I should just do it tonight at midnight. Why not? Yeah, just do it. Just every night. Every Every night night at midnight for the year of 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Do a Twitter video of that. You'll hear me crying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's perfect. So, So we... We were also talking about some of what we would do for some of the other movies. Um, <laughs> did we? I, I don't think we ever got something for Attack of the Clones, though. I can't think of anything for that. I don't know if either of you could. No. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, you could you could set it so that uh, when Yoda does his little epic, you know, cape pullback to ignite his mm-hmm. lightsaber in the duel against Dooku, you could do that, but. I'm not sure. You could do when Jimmy Smits uh, pounds his fist up on the podium as they're watching how the about, Clone Army. How about when Obi-Wan jumps out that window 
He just oh, like, perfect. midnight yeah. smash through the window. <laughs> <laughs> you, you still got two hours of movie after that, though. So. Yeah. That's how you know you're starting the new year right. You yeah. just watched an Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, how about how about Dex? Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Take your seat. He'll be right with you. You want a cup of Java juice? Oh yes, thank you. Oh, hey, yeah. oh buddy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta bring in that new year with uh, Dex hiking up his pants. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you do it. My uh, my favorite idea in our little group chat was um, it, you watch Rogue One, and at midnight you have Critic going, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love man. that you like picking moments from the beginning of films. Exactly. So you just have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. <laughs> Stay up to like 3 a.m. I told Although, my friend Ben last night your your desire for the Krennic line. He loved it because he's a huge Krennic fan. So <laughs> I think we all are deep down. I mean, how can you not be? At we least do on this show. We stand here amidst his achievements. So <laughs> yes. like, let's not deny that. <laughs> Give credit where credit well, is due, Tarkin. He's still in charge. He's, he's still in charge, right? Right. Do not choke on your aspirations, director. Um, That's a pretty good Darth Vader, Jason. Yeah. Damn. Great. Um, but I, 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 I did, I did say with Rogue One, you know, you, you could time it to the mushroom cloud at the oh. end. Yeah. You really want to bring in the, the oh. new emotionally. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Vader just bursts in and destroys your new year. Um, I saw something on, on Instagram this morning, though, where somebody had timed it so that midnight was when Leia says hope at the end. Oh, of the so. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to kill me this year, Jason, <laughs> Carl, whoever you are. I don't know. I've lost a sense of time and meaning. Uh, <laughs> Um, I thought, like, well, Revenge of the Sith, a fun one, could be Darth Vader's first breath. Yes. Right? After the mask goes on and he takes that first breath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the right. smoke rises yeah. as he it, yeah. exhales. That could be a cool one. Um, yeah, those are, the, those are the, all the ones that I was thinking about. Is there anything else you guys wanted to, like, mention in regards to that? Oh, I mean, you could do it... Um, uh, Force Awakens when oh, sure. Starkiller base explodes. I mean, that's kind of, you know, in the same line as the Death Star exploding. Um, but I don't know. Of course, Return of the Jedi, you, you already said. I'm trying to think. Didn't you, Carl, suggest, you know, uh, for Last Jedi uh, when, oh, yeah, when Luke. Yeah. Luke? Oh, he just fades away. No. Fades oh. away. I, I feel yeah. like what would be cool is... Um, the midnight is when it sh- goes to him on Octo levitating and the like chorus is singing. Ooh, right. Yeah. Uh, that's that a cool, cool. That's my, like, it's probably the coolest moment in the movie to me. So, um, uh, yeah, it'd be really cool. If, like, you know, right before midnight is, is Luke saying, and I will not be the last Jedi. And then midnight, boom, cut to Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what one doesn't? You know what I think I'd really struggle with though is Empire. Like, what do you do for Empire Strikes Back? It means torture rag, always torture oh, rag. Oh right, does. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, ask you any questions. 
But like, what you What's your New Year's resolution? <laughs> <laughs> you won't tell me. <laughs> Never mind. It was easier than I thought. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she could time it to no, I am your father. Oh, uh, true. Oh yeah, the first word of the New Year's no. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. That's impossible. <laughs> mhm. Well, what about uh what about what about these dreaming scenes? Yeah, there's some good scenes. Yeah. Well, can can we talk about the one from Phantom Menace first? Yes. Cuz oh, it is chronological and we did play the clip. Um, yes. We did. Love this moment. Absolutely love it. It's the best. <laughs> this is just little Annie. He, he he wants to be an adventurer among the stars. Yeah. The first one to see them all. Uh, I'm crying, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that is? What do you what do you think? Why does he Why does he want to be the first to see them all? I I really do think, you know. It's about connection. And if he goes to all these places, he can see so many different people. You know, he he really is that that dreamer. He wants to go out and be somewhere else and, and see different people. You know, he listens to all the pilots that come through. through. You know, that's Anakin. He 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 has such incredible empathy within him and such. You know, he yearns for that connection to other people and. You know, and, and he listens to their stories and he just wants to go out and, and see all these places and take in everything that the galaxy has to offer. That's that's what I get out of that when he looks up at the stars. That's a that's a really nice take. I'm I went somewhere different. Yeah. Uh, yeah tell me. Well, he's a slave. That too. And the yep. stars represent freedom. Mm-hmm. And so if he's the first one to see them all, that means he's not a slave anymore. And he's free mm-hmm. to just keep wandering and keep exploring and keep doing whatever he wants. Um, and it's also just the childhood innocence of, you know, I want to be the mm-hmm. first one to see them all. You know, that's he's he's such a, you know, despite his circumstance, he's such a still a pure, innocent mind at this point. So, um but yeah, it's it represents a freedom that he doesn't mm-hmm. yet possess that he still believes is possible. Yeah, you know, and I think I think if he goes out there and he does see them all, then he'll be the ones telling the stories. You know, he'll be the one, the pilot who comes into some place and is all like, "Oh, I've been here and there and everywhere. I saw angels. <laughs> They're the most beautiful I'm everywhere, man. Yeah, I'm yeah right." Everywhere. <laughs> 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 they live on the moons of Diego, I think. I went there. <laughs> yes, he saw them. He met them in the Clone Wars. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what he wants. He wants to be that one telling the stories of all these great places that he's been. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. if he saw them all, but he definitely <laughs> saw a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. Oh, it's just so. Like, it's just. I mean, to be fair, to me, like an overarching theme of so many of these scenes is they're all like they all come from a place of innocence, really. Right. Mm-hmm. I think um, and his is, I would say, is the most innocent, mainly because he's the youngest character that we see in a moment like this. Um, so there's a purity to it that that even kind of supersedes all the other ones. But 
I think like those those desires for something so much more comes from such an innocent place, an innocence of immersing yourself in something bigger just for the goodness sake, just for goodness sake. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I mean, I loved your your point, Katie, and and yours as well, Jason. And to me, like this moment is first and foremost, it's just, yeah, if he's out there among the stars, he's not a slave. And mm-hmm. right, that's got to be in some ways the most base desire, the most base dream for Anakin as a slave is to simply not be a slave. Yeah, um, and right. if he's out there adventuring in the stars, I also think there's like a a, a sense of like a the, there's a hero complex in it too, right? I mean, this also mm-hmm. comes after the 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 discussion they have at lunch where he he just all he wants to do is help these people, um, mm-hmm. and there's like there's that hero complex, and I don't mean that as like a disparaging thing, like it's just. It's just innate to Anakin. He wants to be the hero. He wants to be out there among the stars and see all of those things and and be this heroic figure. I think so. Yeah. Um, dream that he came back here and freed all the slaves. Yeah. 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 I had a dream I was a Jedi. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And then I woke up and was a slave, and it sucked. Yeah, and yeah. it sucked. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Um. Um. So I have a very interesting one that I picked out from Attack of the Clones. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say, well, do you guys have anything from Attack of the Clones? I want to hear yours. (laughs) I I was trying to come up with something and I didn't really. Right. Obviously, like Anakin mentions how he's dreaming about Padme, but he's not literally dreaming in that moment. Right. He's talking Mm -hmm. about the fact that he's had dreams. Um, Right. But and and you can push back if you don't think this is exactly right. But that moment by the fireplace. When oh, he essentially yeah. says to Padme, though, we can keep it a secret. He's to me, that's kind of dreaming. It's like here. Mm-hmm. It's him like trying to mm-hmm. his dream is that they be together. And here he is trying to construct a narrative that would allow them to be. Yeah. Um, and the narrative is a lie, but mm-hmm. it's still like the lie would give them something that he thinks they both want. And he thinks would be very good for them. I don't know. I don't know if that really constitutes her. I just was trying to push the envelope a bit because yeah. I nothing's really jumped out in Attack of the Clones. But I, I've, I've always enjoyed that moment. Well, one, because the monologue is fantastic. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, and I mean that. Like, I freaking love it. No, um, same. Same. So, <laughs> but I just, right, like, that is really what dreaming is. It's, 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 a, it's about, like, creating this narrative for yourself that gives you something that you think will make your life better. Um, and even though he's constructing this narrative on a lie, it's still a narrative that lets them be together. Yeah, I like where you're coming from here because, you know, they, they have had this all these private moments on Naboo, you know, all these all these little vignettes together, like in this idyllic, beautiful countryside. And no one ever has to know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, these these moments are theirs and he's almost thinking, well, why can't we have this forever? Why can't we keep doing this in secret, you know, behind closed doors? Why why does this great love, you know, that we have for each other, you know, this passion, why does this have to leave this room? You know, why why does that have to go away and why does it have to destroy our lives? You know, why can't we just keep doing this? And, and you know, obvi- that's not sustainable. You right. can't do it. Obviously, it all falls apart. But you do, like, you do understand why he would go there and be like, but you know, we could just keep it a secret. It just just keep doing this. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Like, they kissed yeah. already. They've kissed. Yeah, they kissed at least once, right. maybe twice. I don't know. And no, nobody knew. Nobody found out. The world didn't end. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I- uh, 
I like that, but it it reminds me actually of the deleted scenes from Attack of the Clones where we mm-hmm. visit Padme's family. Right. Yeah. And it almost you know you, you kind of start seeing the the dream a little bit from her perspective, you know, where she's like, well, this, you know, family life could be nice, you know? Um, and, and it's nothing she's ever considered before un- until this point. Um, but now, now that this is presenting itself and her sister's asking, so is he cute? You know, all that stuff, <laughs> essentially. Um, and, and she's like, Oh, I've never thought about it that way or whatever. And she's like, uh-huh. Sure. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, Padme ha- has a chance to start, you know, dreaming, well, is this life possible, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they kind of, that kind of connects together a little bit. But, you know, I, I do think the scene that you've picked is probably the most appropriate as far as dreaming is concerned. Because um, the other scene I was thinking of was the, the love pledge, but that's act acting not dreaming so um yeah but yeah and it's it is a dream but it is based off of very unstable and uncertain ground at this point so right yeah yeah now um how about i don't mean to like be taking the reins here no go um, for it but i'm just kind of like navigating through the saga <laughs> um, yeah yeah yes <laughs> uh so in revenge of the sith of course we get a pretty here, darn here, hold on yeah we have the most beautiful balcony scene in all the world <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you we do yes we do. I, I actually wrote this down in my notes this is uh, this is the dream of of actually you know having a family and yes. and fixing the up the baby's room and all this yeah. stuff this is they're special moments before everything just goes to hell in a handbasket, but um, or Mustafar in a handbasket, as the case may be. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's exactly where I was going with this. So oh, go ahead, Carl. You mean you're going right here? Oh, whoops! How did this happen? I'm gonna start crying, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, I want to have our baby back home on Naboo. We can go to the lake country where no one will know, where we can be safe. I can go early and fix up the baby's room. I know the perfect spot, right by the gardens. I mean, that's that's enough of it, I think. I mean, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Oh, Padme. <laughs> and you know what's great in this moment, actually. Who's actually doing the dreaming here? It's Padme. Right. Oh, yeah. This is Padme. Padme's, dream. Padme's dream. Um, I mean, I think obviously Anakin loves that he is part of that dream, um, mm-hmm. but this isn't his dream, right? Um, yeah. I mean, the previous moment is, is just, okay, we're not going to worry about it right now. Like, she's she's super distraught when she opens up to him, right, in, in the scene before and, and, and tells him that she's pregnant and, oh, my God, what does this mean for us, right? Like... I'm the senator. You're still the Jedi. Like this is going to become complicated yeah. quick, and and I think this is um, one thing that like obviously it, it has always ad- attracted Padme to Anakin is his ability to help her just relax. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sweating, relax, um, and <laughs> you know he he just says to her in that moment he just holds her tenderly and says we're not going to worry about it. This is a you know the happiest moment in my life. Yeah. He's not really thinking about what it means, but I think that. 
the generousness of his lack of of fear in the moment allows her to then go ahead and dream. And I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to say that well well geez Anakin gives her that permission. It's not about giving her the permission, <laughs> but I think he at least is a uh, a calming a calming presence enough for her to now rather than just think about the practical you know nervousness of this moment she's able to just think about the beauty of the moment because for Anakin yeah. this is right this is the happiest moment of our lives and now she's able to enter into what that could all mean and that's exactly yeah. what she's doing in that moment yeah. this is just thinking of that beautiful life together with their family and their child yeah yeah because yeah, Padme is always you know we saw this all throughout Attack of the Clones and she's trying to you know not engage with Anakin on this romantic level, you know, she's always trying to think of, you know, our responsibilities, our duties, and all this stuff, and and how does this personal life stuff affect what we're supposed to be doing out there, you as a Jedi, me as a senator, that's all, you know, very much in the forefront of her her mind, and so when this happens, you know, it's like, well, how is this going to be perceived? How are we going to be able to deal with this with the public? And, you know, will Anakin be able to stay in the Jedi Order, you know, and all this stuff? And and she's like, doesn't know what to do about it. Yeah. And so when Anakin comes in and says, this is a beautiful thing, this is the happiest moment of life, we're not going to worry about it. She's able to take a breath and just sort of bask in the, it is, it is yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what? And she just sort of gets to have that moment yeah well i think it's nice that for once she's thinking about how can this go right instead of how is this Mm. obviously going to go wrong yes (laughs) Yes. because that's how she comes to anakin and she's like oh no i won't be able the queen won't let me serve anymore like oh this is all going to be terrible but actually she just for a moment she starts thinking about oh i know the perfect spot like this is actually going to be a wonderful thing you know it's maybe is a little unrealistic and idealistic, but that's the whole point, you know, is that she's dreaming and finds comfort in that. So it's, it's actually rather beautiful, you know, and, what? and Anakin has been gone for so long, you know, in the mm. war and she doesn't know what's going to happen to him. And just for a moment, she has him here with her. So she can just kind of pretend that everything's going to be okay and everything's going to be, yeah. you know, all right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What, you know, what if instead of saying, you know, you know, I doubt the queen will let me continue to search, but the queen wishes it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She wants She's to curious be the god. About your family. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, Jason. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> I really like how this moment kind of, you know, comes back later when when Padme says, you know, hold me like you did by the lake mm-hmm. on Naboo. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing but our love, you know. She she wants to feel that that sense of peace again she wants to you know she's like we're we're here now so just hold me and make me feel like it's going to be okay even, even though it's not yeah just make me make me feel like it's going to be all right for just a moment and you know it, it doesn't have quite the same effect later in the movie as it did at the beginning you know That's, oh, yeah. i love revenge of the sith you guys yeah I, really I, like it. I, I still i still say the this balcony scene always makes me think of the fan art with Anakin mm-hmm. and Padme as parents, you yeah. know, with, yeah. with little Luke oh, yeah. and Leia running around. Yeah, <laughs> uh. I'm like, yeah. this is what it could have been, folks. This could've is what it could have been. Right? Could have had it all. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I love this moment, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I can, I, I wanted, I'm going to give a quick shout out because I know she listens. Um, 
the student at the, the college I work at, Emily, who's the president of our Star Wars club. She's wonderful. And she's like, Carl, I have to admit, I actually really enjoy that balcony scene now. I'm like, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Conversion have- is important in religion and in Star Wars. So... <laughs> 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 I gotta say, Carl, as as much as I've you know worn you down and on Jar Jar, yes. you have over the years <laughs> definitely worn me down on this balcony scene. Yes. So yes. it is so meaningful for me now. Um, oh, your lack of love for it before, I couldn't breathe. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh my god! All right, there's a lot of freaking love going on here. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. We should um, move on, though. Yeah, so I've got one from Solo. Ooh, okay, yeah. Shocking. Um, it's the moment they're escaping Proxima's lair. They're in the speeder. And Han just turns to <gasps> oh. her and says, I'm going to be a pilot. And yeah. Kira's like, "And you know, we can get our own ship, see the galaxy, mm-hmm. all of it, and there won't be anyone to kick us around, ever. Right? Yeah. Like, you've got both of them essentially dreaming. What's interesting though, is if you really kind of look at the subtlety of it, their dreams aren't exactly the same, Um, or at least not what's driving them. Right. Han, Han is just kind of this young kind of naive um, person who wants is somewhat similar to Anakin. He wants to be out there among the stars. I mean, we're literally told that in the, the, you know, opening crawl, that's not a crawl. Um, You know, and, and Han just wants to be out there and be a pilot and be his own person. Right. He, he longs for that freedom as well. Yeah, um, be his own man in yeah. the, the universe. Yeah, like um, I, I think it was one of the Kazans who essentially said that Han Solo just wants to be – he just wants to be driving back roads in his truck for the rest of his life. Like that's what he wants to do. Like <laughs> yeah. he just wants to – like he, Han Solo probably listens to Star Wars country music. Like that's probably his go-to music. Uh, um, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, that's why when he comes in and Chicken in the Pot's playing, we see that weird look on his face. He's like, what's this music? What is you know, this? Like, I'm used to listening to stuff about space tractors and beer. Yeah. So, well, I mean, exactly. Because, you know, and, and he spends so, all his time out in the wilderness, which is why he found Bigfoot to be his co-pilot. Oh, Boom. snap. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I, but I love that moment there because, you know, he's dreaming. And, and again, the importance, though, like just like the moment with Anakin and Padme in Revenge of the Sith. There's such a there's such a power to dreaming with someone. That's why mm-hmm. I essentially have always loved the moment in Revenge of the Sith. That's why I love this moment in Solo is when you're with your person, right? When you're with this person that you've just you're connected with in such an intimate way, in such a beautiful way, you can't help but dream with them. And I, and I love that for Han. Like he immediately just tells her what he really wants, and I'm sure he's told her before. But in this moment, it's so beautiful. And she also is sharing with him this this dream of. You know, not being ordered around by anybody, just being their own people in a way that they've never been able to be. Um, and they're making that. And, and what's so powerful, I also think, in this moment, too, is this is them dreaming together while also pr- physically actively pursuing the dream. Right. Like mm-hmm. they're sharing the dream while they're pursuing the dream. Very, yeah. very like concretely. Right. It's, it's yeah. in their grasp, yeah. you know, like they, it's, for once they're yes. not just thinking about it. They're doing it. Right. You know, they're living looking, it. They're literally flying to that bright horizon. Kira's mm-hmm. holding, you know, the object that will make their dreams possible. Right. She's holding. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I, by the way, I love that prop. I want that so bad. Come on. Oh, Edson. right. Yeah. Uh, oh like the, you know, <laughs> the, the coaxium, coaxium, coaxium vial. Yeah. Like yeah. she's gripping that right with her really cool eighties nail polish. Thing. I love uh, <laughs> everything about that look. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I gotta say though, what 
what makes that that moment all the more impactful is later on in the movie when they're on Dryden's yacht and Han turns and sees Kira for the first time and all of those dreams start rushing back into his face mm-hmm. as he realizes they're about to be they, they like from his perspective it's all about to come true. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Obviously she no longer believes in the dream at that point because she, of her situation and she knows it can't happen but she still her, carries it with her right. though. Yeah. Her, she does. Her dream has has just changed, right? Like her she, yeah. there's a practicality that for her like Kira is certainly the far more mature wise character between her and Han, no doubt about it. And yeah. I think for her her dream like like you said Katie, I think she definitely carries it but it's just changed shape. Yeah. Right? It can't well, look still, like what they want yeah, she's, to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she still thinks about having a ship with him and flying off and yeah. being free, but it's no longer within her grasp. You know, she looks at that dream with you know with fondness and it makes her smile. Of course, it always makes her smile. But she knows that it'll never really happen, so it's just a it she looks at it now with sadness, I mm. think, which is Yeah. Just, Oh, but in that moment, Han yeah. believes all these mm-hmm. dreams are yeah. about to become true. Absolutely. Yeah. You can yeah. see that in his face before right. he reaches over and kisses her. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I think even, But I think even more so than for Han, too, though, at the very end, when they have mm-hmm. their final kiss that Han doesn't know is the final kiss, right? Like, yes, yeah. we, we've, well, Dryden's dead. Like, we've got this coaxium. Like, I'm going to go get Chewie back and deal with yeah. Beckett. Like, we're going to have all of this. And. So especially even there, that dream is, is it's like right on the tip of Han's tongue. Um, and then Kira gets to go live out Katie's dream. With, yes, so. to be with Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> she launches her house into space to see Darth Maul. Like, ah, uh, relatable. <laughs> Come to me on Dathomir. Yes. <laughs> I cannot get there fast enough. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> This ship doesn't make 0.5 past light speed. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um anything you guys think of anything else from Solo? Um I mean you could back in you Val. could consider the 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 fireplace scene or the the campfire scene um when everyone's sort of sharing but oh, he's going to learn to play the valacord. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You're never going to learn to play the Valakord, babe. No. She's yeah, right. Really you are tone deaf. <laughs> I love when Han starts laughing and then Beckett turns and goes, <laughs> and he immediately <laughs> like goes stone-faced. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a great little moment. But yeah, the t- to be fair, yeah, Beckett obviously has a dream and he's sharing yep. that with Val, right? Like, again, oh, by the way, and I know this isn't exactly that, but I love Solo and I love the campfire scene. When yeah. Vale says, you know, like everyone needs someone, even a mm-hmm. broken down old crook like this, and then they kiss. And oh, yes. like um, Woody Harrelson's definitely getting the long end of that stick. Like lucky him. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Yeah. Um, oh, but man. She, she, she's, she's a beautiful. lady. Oh, she's beautiful. She's a lady. She's a lady. But I love but I love the shot that we then immediately get of just that big stupid grin on Han's face, right? Like Han seeing, like I, I've been, I've been so fortunate. I have two really good friends who I've been spending a lot of time with lately, who are just so in love with each other, and they're like they're so each other's people, right? Yeah. That when I was over there watching Christmas movies with them like two weeks ago, like just watching them like holding each other on their couch, 
I felt like Aww. I was hot the whole time. I wasn't watching the movie. I was just watching them and just delighted by their love. And it's like... You're like, I ship it. Like Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, there's just something so... And I love that for Han because, like, Han sees even broken people like Val and Beckett capable mm. of going after a dream and finding love. Like, I just... Oh, it's such a, it's such a powerful moment. Yeah. Uh, I love just... God, shout out to Solo. the actors there. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And the way uh, Val, like, brushes Beckett's bangs back, you know, just... Oh, you, yeah. I buy their love, like, instantly. Yes. Obviously, I want, like, a thousand movies about them and just falling <laughs> in love and being amazing. But even just like that, you know, that half a minute where just the two of them together, I buy it. I buy it instantly. That's really good acting right, right. there. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. God, mm-hmm. I want to go watch Solo. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> now, Cancel the rest of the podcast. We're watching Solo. Together. We're just watching Solo Come now. Come with us. <laughs> um, well, I could not think of anything for Rogue One. I don't know if the, the two of you have anything in mind for Rogue One. Yeah, it's not a very hopeful movie until the end. You know what I mean? These right. are not characters that stare off and dream into the distance. You know, they, they you know, Ray and not Ray. <laughs> Jin, you know, keeps her <laughs> keeps her head down. You know, she's not no. she doesn't have time for daydreaming. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it does, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, does uh, Bays call uh, call Chirrut a, a fool like an old uh, a dreamer like, a, like this dreamer fool. like this fool here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. that's but we don't really get to see right what that dream is. Yeah, we, you know, we don't. Yeah, we don't see those intimate moments, right? Like, yeah, in some way, like all the it, a lot of the characters do have a dream in a way, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. Baze and Chirrut have dreams. Galen mm-hmm. has a dream for what he wants the future to look like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that's probably the most concrete, you know, dreaming moment that we get is his hologram when he's talking sure. to Jen. Yeah, uh, but it's still you know couched in this. But we got to destroy the Death Star. You yeah, know? Right. it's not a. There's no. I want song. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know what that is in musical theater? The point of an I want song is where the character just sings out their their desires and. The point of an I want song is not to move the plot forward, but for us to identify with the character's motivations, because oh. a lot of times it's more important for a character to be motivated than likable. You know, being motivated helps a character be likable. But if you understand a character's motivations, then then you a really good example I can think of is uh, Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Mm. I know, Jason, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, because you're a not a Game of Thrones. But Carl, you know what I'm oh, talking about. hate oh. him, but love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, everybody hates him. He's a despicable character. But then there was a really cool thing that kind of happened in, you know, in fandom, I guess, when uh, Ramsey Bolton was uh, legitimized by his father. You know, Ramsey mm. Bolton was, yeah. was born, you know, illegitimate. Right. And so all he ever wanted was his father to recognize him as, as a true-born son. And when he got it, everybody was like, I really hate this guy, but why am I so happy for Ramsey right now? Yeah. You know, it was just like such like universal confusion across the fandom. And it's like, because <laughs> you understood his motivations, yeah. you know, and when you kind of see that resolve, you, you then your heart kind of goes out to the character. Um, and so there, there's no like dedicated, I want, you know, I yearn mm. in rogue one. You know, every everything. Yeah, everything moves the plot along. There's no like we're going to sit down and talk about my internal desires, you know, not not in the way that like Anakin looks up the stars and nothing is being moved forward. You know what I mean? (laughs) What 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 if 
Uh huh. What if the the I want song? Yeah. Is Krennix in Rogue One? Oh snap! <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, right. He wants that Death Star. He yeah. wants the power and the. Uh, prestige and the oh, the placement in Palpatine's why? inner circle that comes with it. That's not yeah no that's that's not a bad take because in if you look at like classic Disney movies or I guess nowadays classic if you look at like the Lion King, Scar has an I want song. Oh yeah. Know? oh yeah. And those those have kind of fallen out of fashion because nowadays we have surprise villains, we have twist villains, you know? It's it's um because that that's faster and easier than taking time out of the movie for the villain to sing their I want song so that you understand their motivations and yes. you know what I mean? So so yes, maybe Krennic is an example of a classic villain I want song, you know? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I know when Ben hears <laughs> this, my friend Ben, he's gonna uh-huh. be in love with that, Jason. I mean, <laughs> you, your your Game of Thrones analogy got me thinking. I'm like, well, yeah. all Krennic wants is to be in charge of this Death Star and uh-huh. have all the power and the prestige and the ins with the the movers and shakers that 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 comes along with that. Right. And yeah. when Tarkin's like, oh, good, it's complete. I'll take it now. And he's we stand here amongst my achievements, not yours. This is that's like his expression of no. I had a dream. Yeah, yeah. That's actually you're. That's so spot on, though, Jason. That's a great point. And he kind of goes off, you know, to to talk to Vader, and like the plot doesn't move forward at all. No. It's just this time taken out of the movie to go and examine Krennic's motivations and give Vader a cameo. Like that could almost, yeah, be seen as a as a villain. I want song. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine Krennic singing "Be Prepared"? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes I, could. Exactly. <laughs> I could definitely envision that, uh, and it would be wonderful because he'd have the cape while singing. So it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, how does it go? It's like, be prepared for the death of the king. Why is he sick? No fool, we're going to kill him. Why is he sick? I forgot how. Why is he sick? No, I've, I've watched that movie too many times. Oh, uh, that's a good. No, movie. that's a I'm... lie. There's no. You cannot watch The Lion King too many times. That's my favorite movie of all time. So. I love The Lion King. That is a great film. Um, well, let's let's move forward then past yeah. the, past uh, Krennic Swan Song, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, so obviously, A New Hope. I think we get a pretty iconic dreaming scene. Um, yeah, it's kind of the duh yeah. um, moment the seminal, that we have. Yeah. This episode. Right, the seminal dreaming scene of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, the only thing I, I mean, th- this point was, it, you know, it's talked about a lot, and it, it's it's easy to surmise what it's about. But I will say what I still continue to love and appreciate about the moment is that in, in such a deep way, I feel like that's the moment, right? Though I think where George really sold you on why you identify with Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this moment, it's such an, an indelible part of Star Wars DNA that it has now permeated all of Star Wars, yeah. right? Like this desire for something more. To me, that's one of the key overarching forever themes of Star Wars is a dream for something more, to be something more, to do something more. And that you know, started in 1977 with this simple non-verbal moment with nothing more but John Williams telling us musically – that we that we are all made for something more. That we're all made for something great um, in our own way, whatever that might mean for us. And and I just love that that is such an integral part of the original Star Wars that continues to breathe 
and draw all of us deeper into this mythology, right? Is we all, we, we all want those moments still, no matter how young or how old we are. We, we want to think that there's, that it's still okay to dream. Right, like yeah. oh, yeah. maybe I'm just still a naive young boy. So, which is <laughs> I mean, not and, wrong, and the thing is, is with Luke, it's not a concrete idea. He he doesn't have like a well, I want to be this or I want to do that yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. It's like I just want to get out of here. I want to get off this planet. I want to be something more. I want to do something amazing. Uh, you know, and everybody has that moment, and at some point in their lives, right. so. It's, it's Beauty and the Beast, you know. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. Yes. You know, like, I want it more than I can tell. Yes, exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, That's exactly it. I mean, yeah, instead of Luke singing about it, the score is singing it. John, yeah. John Williams is singing it. It's, it's yeah. this yeah, introspective. You understand without words, just through the power of music and, and uh, Mark Hamill's performance that, that he wants. He mm. wants more. Like, as you were saying, Carl, it's exactly yeah. it. Now, really quick, do either of you have ever been, like, fans of Buffy? Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I lived with a guy in grad school who was a huge fan on Buffy. And his one of his favorite episodes ever, which is – and this is one of the episodes I l- disliked the most, although I appreciate it. It's the musical. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah. episode? I yeah. feel like we should write a – just like a 25-minute Wampusler musical and then sing uh-huh. it. Love like it. We should yes. challenge ourselves oh, in 2019 <laughs> to perform a Wampus Lair musical. Yes. <laughs> It'll oh be gosh. the least downloaded episode of all time, but yes. yeah, exactly. we will have a great time. <laughs> Carl, Carl, that is what we should have put down for our celebration podcast stage. Damn it. Oh, we would have oh, gotten yeah. it. Oh, I know. Oh, what made man. us unique? Uh, we're going to perform a musical. We're going to perform <laughs> a Wampus Lair musical. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would be so fun though. Uh, next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. Um, so you know, I think I have I have something interesting for Empire Strikes Back as far as dreaming goes. I'm curious if you guys have anything though. I don't. I, okay. I'm, I hope I'm not like. I don't mean to be like oh. Oh. taking control of the show. I to be fair, you're all saying great things. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm happy guiding no, the ship. Um, this, this, this is this is what happens. Carl's the play-by-play, and I'm the color commentary. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and prequel that's, themes. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, so I, thinking of, but like, Carl, this is how we've been. This is how we've been doing things for years now. Fair You're enough. the play-by-play. Yeah, yeah. I'm the color commentary. <laughs> that's um, so true, and, and that's how we work. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was racking my brain. I'm like, okay, is there really anything in Empire? And I, and again, I have something kind of similar to Attack of the Clones. I don't know if it's exactly right, but I'm curious what you guys think. And it's a moment for Leia. Um, mm. The moment when Han and Leia have their little reprieve before 3PO, you know, Chewie comes in with the broken 3PO, mm. where, you know, Leia's like uh, voicing how anxious she is about this. Like, I, I don't trust this place. I don't trust this Lando character. Like, we got to get out of here. And Han's like, listen, it's almost done. And, you know, one or two more things and we're in great shape. And then Leia says to him, then you're as good as gone, aren't you? And it's this moment, right, like where because Han has made it very clear once he gets her back to where she needs to be, he's going to go deal with his smuggler past. Right. He's got to go deal with that. He's got to go. So for Leia in this moment, and again, I, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but I just 
I was I was really trying to think outside the box to get something from this, and I also really wanted something from Leia. Um, yeah. And I don't know if like in that moment I just feel like. It's not super concrete for Leia necessarily, but she is starting to dream about a life with Han, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not think- I don't think she's thinking like married with kids or anything <laughs> like that, but I think she's starting to think what her life can look like being in love with someone, right? Because that's something she clearly has never allowed herself. Oh, yeah. Because she's, yeah. she's right. always been the dutiful princess, the, you know, the fiery imperial senator, like the rebellion mm-hmm. leader. She's never given herself, kind of like Padme, right? In yeah. the prequels, right? Yeah. Like she's very much like her mother in this regard of she's always so busy thinking about galactic events and the concerns of the greater good. She forgets about her own good sometimes. Now is not the time for our sorrows. Yeah. Her planet just got blown up. Right. And she says, now is not the time for our sorrow. Yeah. If it's any time, it's time for anyone's sorrows. It's hers. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, I don't know, just this little moment and it, and there's just like, there's a, such a deep, personal sadness to Leia that we've never seen before when, you know, so you're as good as gone, aren't you? Like, She's finally started to dream about her life with someone. And I just think it's so beautiful. Um, Her admitting that she that she can't not can't live without someone, but she would be very sorry to to see this person go. That's that's I think really hard for her is admitting that this would be a personal loss, you know, because she throughout the whole movie, you know, at least this is how the movie starts with uh, with Han going, oh, we need. But what about I need? You know, she she's she will readily admit that, yeah, he's a great pilot and that the rebellion can use him. But she can't admit that this would be a personal loss. You know, if he left, she would feel it personally and emotionally. And she is, you know, starting to admit it. And that's like that's huge for her. And of course, it culminates at the end of the film. You know, I love you. Yeah. Oh, Leia. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and yeah. you could you could even trace some of the, the willingness to open up in in that scene uh, yeah. back to their kiss on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. Holstein, you know, I yeah, I like nice men. I'm nice men. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sir, <laughs> um, sir, so, so, I buy some of the Bruce Powerflex coupling. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're perfectly welcome. <laughs> oh, oh man, man. But yeah, uh, Leia, you're wonderful. Yeah, Leia, what a wonderful Leia. moment. Yeah. yeah, um, Luke doesn't really do any dreaming because he's doing all the learning, yeah. <laughs> right? So we, yeah, well, he's he's actualizing the dream of the last film, right? Exactly. Um, he's in the process of actualizing it. Yeah. Um, now I got nothing for Return of the Jedi. I don't know if either of you had anything in mind for Return of the Jedi. I mean, to me, it's just a very active movie, right? Like it is. it's it's yeah. everything. It is. Everything's it, getting it, worked it, out. In a sense, you could have a dream from the likes of Mon Mothma in the the briefing, mm-hmm. because this is like this is it. We could we could actually do this. This could be the end of it in a sense. You know, if if we're if we're successful with this mission, this could be it. Mm. You know, in a sense, you can get that. Um, but you're right. It this this is the movie where all the dreams and all the the actions have already been put in place, and it just has to play out to its conclusion at this point. So, but you could kind of get the dream that hey. We could end this. You for know. Me, 
for me, I, I kind of get that 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 feel, that dream I want from when Luke is listening to the Ewoks, not the Ewoks, uh, C-3PO tell the story, you know, of the, of the journey so far. And he's listening to it and he gets that like far off look, you know, you, mm. you know what he's thinking, even though he's not saying it. That's, you know, that's what I, that's, that's my, that's my yeah. idea for, oh, for Return of the Jedi. I got it. Yeah. I got it. The dream is Luke trying mm-hmm. to, redeem his father and change the end you know of that story you know mm-hmm. vader is the the villain of this story and maybe luke could help him change that you know oh katie that's so good uh, yeah i and i yeah. think uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like blow up about luke skywalker here i think that was something he carried with him you know that was part of his his feeling of failure in in return of the jedi was that he was never able to rewrite Vader's story in that way. Yes, he redeemed Anakin Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker was, you know, Luke Luke says, no, you can't die. I've I've got to save you. And Anakin says, you already have. Anakin believed it. I don't know if Luke believed that because Mm -hmm. he was never able to, to bring Anakin Skywalker back and let Anakin redeem himself in the eyes of the galaxy, you know? And then so much of the sequel trilogy is about the legacy of Vader and that, you know, how much of that does Luke carry with him because he wasn't able to save his, literally save his father's life and change the legacy of Darth Vader. It's, oh, it's all really big for me. And I get a lot, I guess I just get a lot out of, out of Luke, you know, hearing his own stories told back to him and thinking about how that could end. It just, uh, hi. Yeah, no, yeah. that's so perfect, yeah. Katie. And like, that's a, I, and, and just thinking about, um, yeah, I mean, think about. Um, did you guys read Bloodline? Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. That book is yes. all about like right. Like this is what supposed to be like seven or eight years before Force Awakens. Exactly. This is a good twenty yeah. years, twenty years plus from Return of the Jedi, and the mm-hmm. galaxy at large still just sees Darth Vader as nothing but you know the black and white villain. And exactly. I, lo- I remember that love. There's a little moment in there where Leia's remembering a conversation she had with Luke at one point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's very hard for Leia to admit, like, that it's okay yeah. that that's her father. And she talks about how whenever Luke would talk about those final moments with, with him, though, there's, like, beatific vision. Like, this beatific smile came over Luke's face as he remembered Anakin yeah. returning. And, right, like, for Luke, he does know the heart of this. But, like you're saying, Katie, the, the narrative mm-hmm. has not been changed. Yeah. Um, and that's that's super insightful. And also incredibly important when looking to like why he is where he is in last Jedi again, you know, here he sees himself writing the narrative of a new Darth Vader and he does not want to do that. Exactly. And he tells Ray, you know, this is not going to go the way you think, you know, him thinking it, it, there's just a lot going on in the last Jedi, (laughs) you know, especially because he, he, tries rewriting the narrative of how of how Ben fell. He doesn't tell Ray the whole truth, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. about but, yeah, about what it means, yeah. And that's that's mm-hmm. I would have never thought of that. So I just brilliant to you, Katie. Absolutely oh, thank brilliant you. Yeah. Moment. I no, and I and I love that I love that perspective of Luke hearing his story told back to him because mm. that mm-hmm. tracks exactly back to the binary sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want something more. Well, here's more. Right. Here's what you've accomplished. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And and even thinking about like 
that's I, I just love that insight, Katie, of like this is the moment where he realizes what he needs to do with the narrative. Because even when mm-hmm. he's having the discussion with Obi-Wan on Dagobah, you know, like I can't kill my own father. It's not I'm going to save him, right? He doesn't necessarily yeah. leave there with any specific conviction other than I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. But it's within that moment when he hears this narrative, Katie, like you mm-hmm. pointed out so beautifully, is that's the moment when he walks out there and that's when he admits, like, this is what I have to do. Right? Mm-hmm. He tells Leia, this is what I have to do. I have yeah, to go exactly. and try to save him. But, but yeah, yeah, it's within the context of that really beautiful moment with 3PO that mm-hmm. the great storyteller, if you will, that yes. Yes, <laughs> Luke hears this great story and finally hears within it the whisper of what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Katie, you are a brilliant. Person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's thank great. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, man. So I love it. Like, we got nothing about Return of the Jedi until we do. Until, <laughs> until yeah, we until, do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Force Awakens, I think we get a you know pretty Ray. clear one with Ray. You know. Ray! <laughs> Um, I almost feel like there's two with her in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an, a nonverbal one and then a verbal dream. So the nonverbal dream is her sitting outside her ATAT home watching mm-hmm. that ship take off, right? It's a very binary sunset type moment. Yeah. Um, She's got the pilot's helmet on. You, you know she wants to be flying. Yeah. Um, she could be. There's nothing holding her back except for her. That's what. Right. Uh, uh, well, and that's why, you know, the verbal dream for her is when she mm-hmm. says to be, I know all about waiting for my family. Yeah. Right, like yeah. um, her dream is to to belong, right? Yeah. To be to yeah. be to belong to something that loves her and and, and mm-hmm. wants her, um, which to be fair is I think every human desire. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, what's so like it's so interesting that her her dreams in some ways don't align though, right? And that's that's the conflict of her character in a way. In Force yeah. Awakens, is, oh yeah, it's a character who who just longs for freedom to be somewhere else to be. Out among the stars, um, but then it's also this dream of waiting for this family that deep down she knows isn't coming back. Um, yeah. So it, it right. restricts her from actually living out any dream. Yeah. So, yep. Um, oh, Ray. <laughs> now, I have one from Last Jedi. That's a little. I don't know. Again, it's another one of those ones where it's like I'm not sure if this is one, but again, I'm gonna say it. You guys tell me what you think. It's that moment on Cantobite with Rose. Um, oh, when oh. she it's on a balcony, shocking. <laughs> um, and you know that she's, tracks. she's looking at you know the the impact of the First Order on a world like Cantobite, and kind of telling her narrative of why she's fighting this fight. Right, like she knows what the First Order really is, um, and her dream is to just simply put a fist through this facade oh, right yeah oh man um and yeah. now can i can i just really quick sorry to annoy you probably yeah. with this but i have a theological little insight to this moment for rose um there's a there's a famous prayer um known as the magnificon it's a prayer uttered by mary in the, in chapter two of luke's gospel where um mary finds out that you know her, her cousin is pregnant and nothing is impossible with god and she sings this beautiful song about how God's justice is finally breaking into the world and God's going to upset the established order of the rich lording it over the poor. And it's essentially a song. It's a, it's a song of freedom for the poor, which Mary's poor. Her, her peers are poor. And it's this beautiful prayer about how God's justice, when it breaks in, it, it tries to upset 
the hubristic, egotistical power structures. And I think that's what Rose's dream kind of is in that moment, is Rose is dreaming to to put a fist through this injustice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. And to upset this order that allows people to become rich through violence. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was, that was what I was thinking for there. That's a good one. That's I was thinking one. about Broom Boy. Oh, hey, well, there Broom we go. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good sweep. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's really going to clean up. Jim, clean up this dirty, Jim, dirty Jim, town. Jim, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like what you're saying about, about Rose, though, you know, because she feels like this, yeah, this horrible injustice is being done and being perpetrated. You know, it, it happened to her planet and it's happening. You know, it's all because of these people that can't see past their own noses, their own greed, their own, you know, desires and hedonism. She calls them the worst people in the galaxy because they are profiting off of the suffering of others. And she just, yeah, she just wants to put a fist through it, which, uh, you know, is an understandable and relatable desire. You know, kind of like when Han says uh, that the next time someone hits me, I hit back. Yeah. You know, you like you understand that. But then, of course, she comes out of this trial with a much more clean and and worthy desire, you know, which is to to save what she loves instead of, you know, it's like, you know, instead of hurting these people that have hurt so many, why don't I just save the people who need help? You know, that which is which is a really good character arc for Rose. I I enjoy her. Yeah, She's precious yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, well, that was the thing. Like when I sat down, and I was like, "All right, what are, what are, what am I can I think of in Last Jedi?" And I, I just like it's like came. Also, like we're in the midst of the Christmas season, so like liturgically, mm-hmm. we hear the Magnificat a lot. Um, well, if I mean, if you're a Christian and you're going to like liturgies, you would. <laughs> I don't mean to speak for everyone, um, but it, it's. I mean, it's just this very powerful, and it's also it's extra powerful because it comes from a woman, right? In like ancient culture, like mm-hmm. you know, women's voices weren't very powerful. Obviously, and so the fact that it they, comes they from were Mary, not admissible in court, right? So the fact that this song comes from Mary um, is is so powerful, and it's about injustice. And who would know injustice more than women in that age, right? Mm. Well, to be yeah. fair, still today, sadly, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, like, I just I find this is a very powerful moment for Rose because of the fact that, like, she. And, and and Rose is the innocent character of that film, right? I mean, her theme music, right? That John Williams composed. It's it's oh, yeah. the, it's to me, it's the it's the most reminiscent of Anakin's theme of any other piece of Star Wars music, in the sense mm-hmm. of its innocence. And Rose is this character who does have this deep purpose, and and it's it's somewhat innocent, um, even though it is aggressive, right? Like it's yeah. just, she's. <laughs> She's seen such a, a tremendous amount of injustice that all she wants to do is smash that order. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I like it. So, yeah. Anyway, anything, any other like moments that we may have missed or that you guys were thinking about that we didn't talk about? Not for me. Yeah, because no. I brought up Broom Boy. Yeah. <laughs> My son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Broom Boy is. Um, Related to, uh, I got nothing. Never mind. I thought Luke I Skywalker. Some. Yeah, that's Luke's son. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Everybody's related to the Skywalkers now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really is Everybody we. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, just a quick heads up to everyone, though. I know folks have 
We're very adamant about wanting the radio dramas to continue, which we are happy to do. Um, we will start them next week with our top five Empire Strikes Back episode, which is kind of fitting. We'll play episode one of the Empire Strikes Back <gasps> radio drama at the end of next week's episode. Um, so, good. yeah, uh, yes. I don't have a poll or a matchup for next week, but I think that's OK. We can <clears throat> we can we can share one next week in the Empire episode. Um, yes. And um Unless there's something like on your, I, I didn't mean I should have asked you guys this stuff off air. Whoops. <laughs> well, what about what about well, torture rack versus torture rack? Who uh, torture rack versus torture droid? Oh, oh, oh snap! Oh man, oh man! I don't think we should do that. We might get no, fired. no. So, I don't think we should either. <laughs> reported for um, abuse. That's, oh no, <laughs> it's just going to be torturous. Um, yes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> And I am ashamed of that pun. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! I am becoming my father. Oh no, you're a punster like your father before you. <laughs> oh, that is—he definitely is. Although my brother got more of it than I did, so they share a brain sometimes. I think it's a little scary. Um, anywho. No, I don't. I don't have a poll or matchup, so uh, I think. But I think that's good. I think we're okay. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, just and and you know, from all of us, we we hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas holiday season um, and a happy New Year. And uh, I hope this New Year. This is a big year for Star Wars, obviously, oh. right? So, oh, you know, yes. We've got Celebration coming up in a few months. We've got Episode Nine. We've got Mandalorian. Now, I did just see that Cassian doesn't start filming until October of 2019. So that's probably mm-hmm. not going to premiere till sometime in 2020, which is fine. We don't need four new things like right in the same time period. And that's Galaxy's and Edge. Galaxy's yeah, I was going to say we got Galaxy's uh, Edge opening up. At Disney, you know. Yeah, we've got the Qui Gon. Uh, Obi Wan oh, novel coming out. We've got apprentice. the we've got the Padme novel coming out. You know, there's just there's so much Star Wars stuff coming out this year. It's a big year for Star Wars fandom. And um, again, there may be some of this stuff that we don't all love, but you know what? There's going to be a lot that you will. So let's just mm-hmm. sink our teeth into whatever speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? oh, definitely. And, and then we can all learn to play the Valakord together. Yes. <laughs> you're ne- Carl, you're never going to learn to play that Valakor. <laughs> oh man, oh, I wish you could God. have seen Carl's face just a minute ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am so excited though for another year of Wampusler with you too. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be yep. there's so. There's going to be so much new great stuff to talk about, but there's going to be still so much. So much still we like have to unpack from before. I can't wait to continue our top fives and uh so glad that we're talking Empire next week. I guess yes. I'll have to watch it again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to sit down and watch it. I just I need to give it some love. Really excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a bit since I've watched Empire, so this will be good. Yeah, I can't say be the same. Um <laughs> <laughs> But, folks, please make sure you check out and share Katie's uh, Phantom Menace New Year's Eve uh, thing on Twitter. Because yeah. I think that needs to become the new, the new trend for, you know, next year. So uh, share it. 
Yes. Share it around. Yes. And, and of course, <laughs> if you did anything particularly exciting for your New Year's with, with a Star Wars moment, please let us know. Like, we'd love to yeah. hear anything you, you guys might have done as well, because it's always exciting to hear what other people have been up to. Mm-hmm, definitely. So. All well, right. I think that's about all we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got anything else? No. Well, Carl, if people want to weigh in on this, tell us their New Year's Eve stuff or just weigh in on some of their uh, ideas of dreams that we may have missed. Um, where can they do that? Well, of course, um, on our Twitter at Wampas Lair. You can find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, we've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. Katie. Where are you on the Twitterverse? I'm at Pohot Dameron. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Go over there. Watch the Jar Jar Pez. Watch the Phantom <laughs> Menace New Year's. Love freak out. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be disappointed. But oh, no. <laughs> that's going to wrap up our first episode of 2019. This has been episode number 315 of the Wampas Air Podcast, Scenes and Dreams. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason. Have a happy new year, and we will see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>